Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Welcome to another episode of the Six Figure Side Hustle. I am your host, Sabrina Brooks. And today I had the pleasure of interviewing a very close friend of mine, uh, Ronald Jackson, on his really eight-figure networking strategies. But if you are starting off in your six-figure side hustle journey, um, you're going to learn a lot about how to get in the room, how to form lasting relationships, um, and really how to how you can build a business just based on relationships alone. Um, this was a really good interview. I I learned a lot. I wanted to interview him because I've watched him along his journey go from um, you know his his downfall to really his success story. And I was really interested to know how is he getting in the room? How is he making all these really powerful connections? So I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode because I know I did. Welcome to the Six Figure Side Hustle podcast hosted by me, Sabrina Brooks, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of a highly successful public adjusting firm. I'm obsessed with reaching the two comma club just like you are. This is your all access pass inside the minds of high income earners, expert side hustlers, and entrepreneurs who have successfully launched, scaled, or diversified their businesses. We're sharing all kinds of business, marketing, and mindset insights. And trust me, our conversations are full of actionable tips that will leave you feeling clear on what to do next and motivated to take action. If you were born with an entrepreneurial spirit, are obsessed with business and marketing, and want nothing more than to create time and financial freedom for yourself and your family, this is the show for you. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Six Figure Side Hustle. Ron, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm like really, really excited I was able to get you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I'm excited to be here. Well, you have a lot of knowledge. Like we could probably talk for 10 hours about everything you know, but I really wanted you to share some stuff because you're really good at getting in the room and making connections. Um, not just six figure connections, but seven, eight and nine figure connections. Um, let's go back. Cause you have a really interesting story. Um, you know, we've known each other for a while. I'm not even sure where we met, but, um, just if you want to share a little bit of background, because you're not too big on social media, people probably won't be following you. Um, but I think it's really worth going through your story because I think it's very relatable. Okay. <clears throat> well, I um, I actually took an interest in uh, real estate at a very young age. Um, I was around 16 years old when. 
I uh, started off in real estate, actually, and uh, got licensed when I turned 18. was volunteering with a company called Volley Green Realty uh, back in 1998. Uh, fast forward, wound up, um, <clears throat> didn't really think that college was the best thing for me. Um, coming straight out of high school, uh, but I transitioned, went into financing school, took up uh uh, life insurance, properties and casualties, securities, variable annuities, mortgages, health insurance. So got into the financing industry um, at a young age as well. Wound up landing a job at Citicorp Banking Company. I was at APFA at, at first, then transitioned um, into becoming a PFA, uh, became a personal financial analyst at a very young age. And, um, and then I, I winded up getting locked up. <laughs> um, so, so, so that, that kind of took a, took, took my career um, on a shift. Was that when I knew you? Was that the story? Yeah. Yeah. We, okay. we winded up uh, meeting some, some, some years later after, after my, after my career kind of took a shift, I winded up uh, getting into um uh, being an auto body technician for some time, um, selling cars and things along those lines. So I sold a lot of high end vehicles and, um, you know, uh, you know, Mercedes, things along those lines. And, um, and then, um, I wound up going away again. So, <laughs> so, so, um, because so, um, we were good friends. And I met you when I was in the struggle, like before I um, got into my own six-figure side hustle and my apartment had been broken into and they stole all my rent money. And you were like, stay there. I'll come loan you some money. And then I didn't hear from you again for years. And then you just popped back up and you were like, I was locked up. <laughs> got locked up. <laughs> So it, it was kind of interesting because, I, I, you know, I, I actually truly believe that, you know, my, my last time of being incarcerated was really an awakening period. You know, it was more so like the um, uh, a caterpillar going into a cocoon. So it was a very painful experience going through that transition, but it actually gave me an opportunity to really find myself. I, I was I was sitting in the cell and I was um, talking with uh, my my bunkie um, at that time, and he had um, uh, I was telling him some of the things that I that I was involved in, you know, when I was actually on the streets, and he imposed a question. He said. Uh, you know, Ron, I really like hearing these stories, but um, you know, you be talking like you be believing yourself. So, so I'm so so you know, I got offended, and um, and then he imposed another question. He said, "Well, if you're so smart, why are you in here with me?" So, um, I didn't have an answer to that question, um, because. You know, here here I am. I you know I had I had a real promising future ahead of me at a young age. Um, uh, unfortunately, I didn't pick the best uh, people to be around, so it, it kind of entangled me in situations that I normally wouldn't have been entangled in had I had I not had that company. 
Um, so, so, um, I just done a lot of studying and stayed to myself and I really took that time out to kind of find myself. Uh, so fast forward after I was released, I was really, um, uh, trying to reinvent myself per se. So, um, I, I started, uh, I, I went to a, um, a program called, uh, rise, which was reentry services for ex offenders. And uh, I remember putting my resume together because they helped with resume preparer and things along those lines. And uh, when I when I gave them my resume, they was like, "Well, we don't have a job in any of these areas. You you're like overqualified for anything that we have." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so I, I wound up staying in the program even though they didn't offer out too much assistance for, for my situation, which is actually a great program for anybody that, you know, that, that has to make that transition. Um, it is a good program, but, uh, they, they didn't actually have anything particularly for me at that time. So I, I stayed around to help other guys with their resumes. Uh, so I, I became a volunteer, very active in the program. Um, I took a real strong passion in trying to help reshape people's lives. And, uh, and I winded up meeting a, a, a gentleman named Salam Mutsen, who uh, was a director for a development company. And now this is where things kind of um, started to sh- like reshape for me. My life started to reshape. So, so uh, Salam took a real, uh, real liking to me and, um, I guess because by the time I met him, I had already put together a business plan for development company anyway, uh, while I was away. And now what made you do that? That's really interesting that you're in jail and you're putting together all these business plans and you're really laying the foundation for the future that you're living now while you are locked up. I thought that it was very important. The, the one thing that uh, Malcolm X said is that if a man can't afford to go to college, he believes that they should go to jail because nothing comes in the way of him and his books. So uh, I actually read about 72 books uh, while I was away, and I winded up uh, actually reading them more than once, all of them. So it kind it kind of refined me and it and it and it it prepared me for my next stages in life. You know, I, I thought that it was very important that that I that I went through that process so that I can qualify myself to be in the room of the people that I needed to network with in order to uh, actually make that that full transition when the time was right. I've always known that I was going to be, you know, somebody that done some great things. I just, I just had to redirect some things. I had met a guy who was an actual lifer. And I remember when I was um, about to leave prison, he, uh, he asked me, said, Ron, what you, what you going to do when you get out? So I started telling him about, you know, I'm going to get back into selling cars to save money and things along those lines and then jump back into real estate. So he said, oh, his response was, okay, well, I'm going to keep your bunk made for you because uh, you'll be back. So um, I took offense to it, 
with this. This is a whole different individual. And um, and he said, well, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. He said, the same things you told me you were doing prior to being incarcerated is the same things that you are telling me you're going to do when you get out. He said, do you want to experience change? And I told him, yes. So he said, well, in order to experience change, you have to change the noun in your life. He said, what does a noun describe? People, places, and things. So you have to change the people you hang out with, the places you go, and the things that you do. He, so I, that resonated with me. Um, so he told me, when you, when you get out, do yourself a favor and, and change that. Um, he said, and then you'll, you'll, you'll see that you experience change. So when I came home, I didn't even let nobody know that I was actually home. Um, uh, I did reach out to you though. You reached out to me when you were in the process because you popped up and you came to visit me and it was the weirdest thing because it was like I hadn't heard from you in years. I had no idea what even happened to you. And then you're like, I got this deal going on and I'm doing this. And I'm like, wait, did you just say you were in jail for all this? You had so much going on and just so much more knowledge when you when you came out. And um, that's something I reflected on. I don't think it really struck me in the moment. It was like, this is really weird. But you know, in thinking about it and replaying some of these relationships I've had, it, you know, that's, you went to jail and you came out a better man and just really catapulted your life. You didn't even launch it. You catapulted it um, just very, very remarkably. Yeah. So, um, so I wanded up um, volunteering um, on one of the local senators' campaigns, and being being in the political world, uh, which I highly recommend for anybody who wants to kind of um, make a strong transition in business, is very is very important to understand and have relationships with local stakeholders, because a lot of times these guys are decision makers and um, a lot of opportunities come out of being in their company because there's so many people that try to get close to them. So, um, you know, it's, you know, if, if you can, you know, build some relationships in those areas, you know, it would, it would be very, very impactful. I have read a book while I was away, it was called The Billionaire's Blueprint. It was by George Perez. And uh, it was one of the best books that I've read on uh, what I'm involved in, you know, real estate development. And uh, one of the statements that kind of stick out in that book that, that, that I live by today is that success is driven off of 95% of who you know, and 5% of what you know. So you can go to college, you can get all of these degrees, you can, you know, refine yourself. And not to say that those things aren't good to know, because I even today uh, still take courses, you know, I, I still, you know, increase 
you know, that area of my, you know, my business acumen, I'm always adding, adding to my business acumen. So I, so I think that education is a very, very important component to being successful. But, um, but the power of relationships is really where success really lies because having good, uh, strong relationships will bring opportunities into your life that you can never, that you would never envision yourself. From my personal um, uh, perspective, you know, yeah. I think that is very important to network. That's why I definitely wanted to bring you on. If you're in the Rainmakers Alliance, you know that we strongly believe in mindset, skill set, and network. Those are the three base components of a six plus figure uh, side hustle or career or anything. And I really feel like you're such a master of getting in the room and utilizing people and creating these strong relationships. Um, So like I said, when I asked if you would do this interview, I'm very curious myself as far as how you're able to do this. Um, You said when you first got out, you volunteered at RISE and you also said you volunteered for a senator's campaign. Um, What were the other things that you were doing to get into the rooms? Like those rooms of people you wanted to align yourself with or how did you determine this is the path I need to take or these are the people I really need to know? Well, interestingly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, even though I knew I wanted to get into real estate development, I, um, I wound up partnering with a young, a young guy that, uh, had, uh, he had a, 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 um, a paint, a painting business, you know, he paint, painted residential homes, things along those lines. So he had a few dollars at the time. So I told him, you know, I have some pretty decent relationships. Let's, um, let's kind of partner together and, uh, let me bring some resources to the table. So long story short, I winded up helping, uh, his company become the very first black owned union paint contracting company in the history of Pennsylvania. Um, uh, I got, I got a sign, uh, with the painters union. Um, I helped him get his, uh, MBE and DBE certifications through the department of transportation. Never heard of those acronyms. Okay. So the MBE is what you call a minority business enterprise. Uh, and a DBE is what you call a disadvantaged business enterprise certification. These enter- the, these certifications are very important for any business that's in contracting and or development that uh, wants to eventually take on government contracts. Um, it's very, very important because uh, the government has allocated 20% of all government contracts for minorities. Um, and it, it helps even even better if you're a woman-owned business because then you can apply for what you call a WBE, which is a women's business enterprise. Um, and women-owned companies uh, count as a double minority status quota. So uh, for large companies like some of the big guys, Turner, Gilbane, um, things along those lines. If you're in the contract, if you're in the contracting space, um, 
you know, a woman on contracting business, um, they, they, they really seek these companies out because, uh, if you, if you are, uh, a, a woman as well as a minority woman, they, they get double, double, uh, status, um, uh, credits for, for having you on a job or having your company on a job. So, so, so I knew these things. Right. And uh, I, I got him these minority certifications. Uh, we had a partnership agreement, which, which, you know, I helped him uh, line up some very, very significant contracts. Our, our, our first contract was in the Navy Yard. We worked for uh, Turner Construction, which is one of the largest general contractors in the world. Uh, that was actually our first contract. And um, did you already have these? relationships because when you first partnered with him you said i have a lot of relationships did you have those relationships or did you make them on the back end well i i actually when i got out i i i went back to school for construction management okay. so while while i was in school <laughs> while i was in school i i my professor's name is tony bracali uh, at the time, um, he kind of thought that I was like a um, like a show off, you know, uh, because I would, you know, I would show up, um, you know, to class, and you know, I was the one that was answering all the questions, um, and it wasn't no magic to 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 me knowing all of the answers. What what I what I uh, would do is I actually studied all of the books prior to taking my courses. So I already, already knew the material going into the class. So, so it, it kind of gave me a competitive advantage, um, which helped me maintain a 4.0 grade point average all through school and things along those lines. So, uh, Tony would bring in various speakers from, you know, big time companies, you know, um, and um, I would actually kind of embarrass his speakers because I would ask them questions in their industry that they were they're supposed to know the answers, but some of them didn't know the answers. So 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 my professor didn't like that. Um, but but you know later on down the line, you know I winded up you know reconnecting with all of the speakers. Um, some of them you know to this day they you know they they they're very close friends, and some of them really don't like me because they think that I'm overconfident, uh, which that's fine. You're not going to get along with everybody. <clears throat> uh, but the most important thing is that uh, even the ones that don't like me, they respect me. So I find that a lot of them, uh, they've, you know, kind of circled back because now it's been a situation where I was in the learning seat at one point now they're, you know, they're trying to get on my jobs. They want to be a part of my projects and things along those lines. So it's kind of had an adverse effect of, um, of what I'm doing now. So, so, you know, it's, uh, I, I made a lot of connections in college, uh, particularly with the speakers that came in because I knew that they were working class professionals. So I knew that being as though I wanted to be in these industries, that it was very important for me to connect with these people while I had them in my grasp. What does that look like? Like, because connecting with people is kind of vague and 
you do such a good job at it. And I want to know, like, how exactly, like, what does that look like? Because it's it's deeper than just the business card exchange. I think that's surface level what a lot of us are doing. But you really form relationships with these higher level people. And I know a lot of us feel like we have imposter syndrome and we think, I can't talk to them. They're up here and I'm down here. But you're just like. <laughs> you know, so, no so I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick little story, right? I'm gonna tell you a quick little story, right? Uh, the same professor, Tony Bercali, um, while I was going through school, he had he had asked me if I had a job, and I was like, "Well, yeah, you know, I work, but you know, I, you know, it's uh, you know, part time because I like to have my own time. You know, I can't give my time." to, to, uh, to one thing. So, you know, he respected that. So he, he, he offered for me to come and work for him at his architectural firm. Mm -hmm. So we never talked about how much I was getting paid or anything like that. I was doing a lot of surveying for him and putting together, uh, computer aided drafting designs, doing a lot of designing and things for him at that time. So, um, so, when it came time to get paid, he he came to me and he was like, Ryan, you know, he said, I, it just crossed my mind. We never really sat down and talked about how much um, I was going to pay you to, be, to do this work. So I told him, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, I don't want nothing. So he said, you don't want nothing. He said, you're doing what some of my high-level architects are doing, you know, but of course you're not licensed as an architect, but he said, but I, you know, I want to, I want to pay you. So I said, I said, no, 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 it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. So he, we went back and forth for a little bit. So I said, I said, I'll tell you what, you want to pay me? I want all of your connections, everyone, all of them. I want you to give me introductions and I want you to introduce me as a very dear friend. <laughs> so, so he tells me, uh, that's a big, that's a big ass. I, I can't do that. I, he said, how about I treat you to lunch? I said, well, how, how about we talk about it over lunch? Right? So, uh, long story short, he, he did connect me with um, some, some very interesting people. Um, and he, and he did, um, introduce me as a dear friend. So what, what I found is that when you connect with people that have relationships and resources and people hold th those particular people dear to them, when they know that that person is close when they know that you're close to that person, a lot of times they they want to get to know you better, and they want to um, have have a, more than just a business relationship, but becomes a personal relationship at that point. So so I kind of massage those areas, you know, really well. I I, I tap into um, various people, and because of my strong relationship base with uh with with the people that's within my circle um you know people wind up taking care of me in that you know in that regard you know just based off of those relationships that I've built and 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 I mean and it's not an overnight thing right you know it takes it takes some time for people to build trust with you 
um, especially when you, you know, when you're very transparent with your background, which I've been very, very transparent with everybody that I deal with, which kind of gives people an even stronger level of comfortability when they, when they know that they don't have to find out things about you, you right. know? So, right. you know, I, I just, I'm very transparent in my delivery when I'm, when I'm dealing with individuals because I don't want any, any, anything to come up later on down the line where they look at me as a questionable individual. So, you know, <clears throat> it's very important to maintain relationships and be transparent in the process. That's a really, really interesting story. Um, and it reminds me of one of the rich dad rules, the rich don't work for money. And basically you were working for relationships, you know, just, showing up, doing the best you could do. And then when they're saying, well, what's the monetary value? And you saw past that. Most people would say, well, give me 80,000 or give me a hundred thousand. And you um, worked for the connections. And that's, that's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And and I've done that. I've done that on on more than one, um, you know, a a lot of, um, the local stakeholders I do even today, as you know, I mean, some people would consider me to be successful. Me, I'm so far off of my, my goal. I mean, and everybody's goals are different. So, you know, I guess it's when you, when you reach a certain goal in your life, you have to start realigning, you have to get new goals. So as things started to you know, happen for me per se, you know, I had to kind of realign my goals and I had to think bigger, you know, because it's like, okay, all right, I've done this and you know, now it's time for me to, you know, and then as you start to acquire and you start doing certain things, you start realizing that there's really no limitation on what you can accomplish and how much you can accomplish. Um, it's, it's really up to you, you know, at the end of the day. You know, um, but, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't really deal with just everybody, you know, uh, um, it's very important for individuals that's getting involved in various business. Every relationship is not going to be a good relationship. So with that, that being said, you have to be very, very careful of the people that you bring into your circle as well. Um, after you build these relationships, you have to be very careful with putting your name out there for people because everybody, don't, don't, they don't have the, the those genuine intentions that you bring to the table a lot of times. So <clears throat> the same way that you work hard on building relationships, um, you have to work just as hard on maintaining and safeguarding those relationships. Okay, so you have to become the gatekeeper for all those people as well. So that, or do you mean like bringing in people who might not have good motives or who might be a little flim-flammy on the back end, that sort of thing? How do you vet people for that? Because we live in a very um, scandalous city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess the vetting process is um, as you grow, you'll 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 find out that everybody 
everybody that 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 we would consider as being somebody, um, they all know each other, whether good, bad, or indifferent. They know each other, mm-hmm. so it's just all about you know, um, you know. That's even with me, you know, when, when people meet me for a first time, see a lot of times when I, when I, when I meet new people, they've already heard of me, um, in some way, shape or form because of my involvement on, on on some of these larger transactions that I'm doing right now. You know, um, the word travels fast, like who's this guy, you know, you know, he's doing that, you know, and then, you know, um, you know, the senator that I'm very close with, you know, he's very gracious, you know, so when we're in certain meetings and he's introducing me to people, he'll say, oh, yeah, this, you know, this is Ron and he's developing this, you know, this building on Broad Street or wherever, you know, and they'd be like, oh, that's his project? Oh, wow, you know, so um, so a lot of times, you know, uh, it, it can be it can be a good thing sometimes and sometimes it can... um it could just bring the, the the wrong intentions because when you're when you're moving big money, um, everybody wants to find out how they can get in your pocket. Um, so you'll you'll have people who are even bigger than you that want to that want a part of they they want a piece or they want a part of what you're doing. Um, and um, you know that's the reason why I don't really have social media presence. I've actually been invited um, to do an interview with um, top 100 people in real estate magazine and things along the line, but I've I've turned them down uh, because I believe in flying under the radar. You know, um, I'm not where I where I want to be right now, but I'm but I'm on my way there. So it's very very important that I fly under the radar until I get to my, to, to my destination. And once I'm, once I'm there, then it's nothing that nobody can do at that point. But, but, you know, even with all of the strong relationships that I, that I have, I have to really uh, safeguard myself and safeguard my team as well. You know, it's important. So you have really used your relationships to become kind of a middleman for some really, really major deals. Like, are you able to speak on anything? Because the conversations we have, like, they always blow my mind. I know a lot of stuff is like privileged and non-disclosed. Is there any example you can share of something you put together where it's like, you're just kind of in the middle and you, you make yourself get parts of each side of the deal and they're just so lucrative it's just really really fascinating how you've worked for free built these relationships and then on the back end these relationships are worth six seven eight you know i don't even know up to what figure amount but some of the numbers you talk are major yeah so right now uh, and this is without disclosing location and our project, but right now I'm working on, uh, well, I actually been working on this for the past three and a half years, uh, uh, which was kind of my, my first major commercial deal. Um, 
I'm working on a, building a 200-unit apartment building uh, with 25,000 square feet of commercial retail office space. We're building above-ground uh, parking garage that can accommodate 200 uh, parking spaces for for um, a historic restoration. Um, we're doing a historic restoration aside from the actual uh, residential component. And then we're building another 63 parking spaces on the rear end of the residence. Uh, that project is a $150 million project right now. We have one of the largest general contractors in the world on, on that project. And the way I got involved in that is um, through, my, through my relationship channels. Um, so so I, um, I, I had a group that, that was based out of Maryland that... Uh, that wanted to get into the Philadelphia market, but had some some problems on getting into this market in the past. So so I, I looked at that as an opportunity because I'm like, oh okay, I I got all of these relationships. So here's my chance. Right. Yeah, I'm 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 going I'm going to make this happen. So you know, I went to one of the local stakeholders, and I told them that I had this you know this exceptional development group that wants to do some development in the area. So um, the city had actually um, gave me a list of properties for, for me to look at that they wanted repurposed um, and to kind of fit, you know, the, the city's plan. So I figured that if, if, if I can do a development that essentially would be a benefit to the city, the community, as well as it'd be a successful development for the developer that one, um, not only can I, you know, make, make a few dollars, but, um, but, um, you know, I can, I can learn a lot in the process. So, so, I, you know, we, we wind up, um, you know, getting this project by way, by way of political channels and, um, and uh, right now we're we're moving close to stages of mobilization. We just gained site control, so we're you know we we bought up the entire block. We're going to redevelop the entire block. Um, it's going to be a beautiful project. And um, on on that transaction, I've negotiated for me to be um, an equity participant in that project for the next twenty years, um, as well as. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm getting a substantial, uh, a substantial lump sum up front. So I'm getting, I'm getting some nice money up front as well. So, so th that's one of the deals that I've kind of middleman my way into, uh, kind of being involved. And it was kind of, um, it was, it was, it was, it was really, a a, a way for me to kind of, uh, break out all of the things that I was studying while I was away as well. You know, with all of the books on real estate, books on architecture, books on you know, just so many, so many books that I read. Um, and um, I became very, very close with the owners of the company that's doing the development, and they actually told me to go back to school and learn different things like real estate financial modeling and some of those things because I need. The, have a, a real, real clear understanding on how these deals uh, get underwritten and things along those lines. So 
Um, I've done that. I actually have 13 certifications um, to date <laughs> um, wow. Um, wow. in real estate, uh, modeling, real estate, uh, equity, waterfall modeling, um, back of the envelope, real estate analysis, you know, a lot of these, you know, different things that's very, very important um, in the development world. So, you know, it's uh, it's just been a learning experience. So that's one transaction. And I'm, I'm currently working on with two separate companies, one company out of California that wants to come into PA and then another company that's based out of uh, Georgia that also wants to come to PA. Um, the company in, uh, in California is trying to bring three to 400 jobs to the area. Um, this, this, this uh, particular company um, will, will have profits of somewhere around $100 million a year. Um, and I've negotiated a large portion of that as well, as well as ownership interest for the next 20 years. So, 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 um, and then, and then my biggest deal to date is, um, the company out of Georgia that's bringing a total green campus that they want to, uh, bring to the city, uh, which we, you know, we plan on um, having having uh, the project situated in a very um, uh, well. Actually, the largest the largest uh, development site in in the city. Um, I've connected with these people as well because, ironically, um, these these guys were looking at this site and um and they were like oh well you do you, do you know anybody that over at this particular development company and i'm like uh yeah sure i do so um my 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 close friend who owns uh hotels he's he he uh his his family is part of hersha hospitality which is one of the largest hospitality chains well his wife is the actual comptroller um, over this in this huge project that it's, it's, real, it's a 13 billion dollar project so um, so I've managed to negotiate getting us in the door there to do possible developments um, at, at that particular site um, which they're bringing three to four thousand jobs to the area um, and I've negotiated my upfront fee as well as ownership participation is is uh we're currently in negotiation on that because I'm you know I, I don't I don't want to kind of put a time frame on that one so I'm trying to see if I can have participation for as long as the business is operating right. so I don't want I don't want the 20 year right. piece I'm, I'm trying to go for the for the for the generational money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said something very deals, interesting so. the other day. You said if I can make all these deals go through, I'll be the richest man in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, it's it's um it's true. This this um this this large scale deal that I'm doing has has a uh, um has has. It has the the opportunity of doing about two point five billion dollars a year, um, in profit. So um, it's an industry disruptor. Um, it's a revolutionary technology, um, but um, I mean, and, and, and 
and that's the reason why I really can't talk too much about it. Right. But it's I just um, wanted to give it, it's an amazing and, I, and I, I, I of what these relationships are now like the you planted the seeds with the relationships and now the power that they are all having over these deals because I've never seen you swing a hammer or get your hands dirty, but you're involved in some of the largest projects in Philadelphia and, you know, not limiting yourself to that. And I think that that's really fascinating that now you're doing deals with with companies who are founded in other states. They just want to have a presence. And now you're, you're kind of like the gatekeeper. <laughs> for some of these deals. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's happening like that, you know. Um and I've I've pulled together I've pulled together um about 15 consultants uh for this larger transaction. Um and uh what's come out of that is uh one one, one of my partners that I that I bought in, he actually uh opened uh, oil refineries all around the world for the Shell organization, and uh, he's a real estate developer as well. And um, he's actually lined up three other sites in Chicago for us to take a look at. Um, and we're also doing a facility in Connecticut and one in Georgia. So um, this is a this is going to be a multi-state. Uh, transaction that we're doing, and I'm right now. This, you know, it's, it's you know, we we've just uh, uh, um, put together. Um, we're, we're we're working on getting a patent landscape analysis done on the company to make sure that they have uh, the ownership rights over the technology before we kind of take it to market. Um, I have some uh, some very strong resources up in Wall Street that invested into this, you know, into this space. And then I have some some relationships over at the Department of Energy because the Department of Energy has a tri-state agreement, particularly for this technology. So there's a, a great level of funding. So so aside from me being a consultant, I'm also bringing other projects to the table and I'm also uh, bringing consultants that's very, very experienced in the space. And I'm also bringing financing to the table, which is very, very important because, you know, uh, on on a project like this, you know, you're going to need the money. So so there's there's multiple ways that I'm working this particular transaction aside from have ownership on a, on on the operational side of things. Being as though I'm a developer, I've approached the development group. Um, that actually owns the site now on on me participating as a minority development company as well as a private equity company, and I have relationships with their their number one funder, who's 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 fund who's actually dedicated ten billion dollars to the project. So what what I'm working on now is trying to use my company as the minority equity component to have the financing company funnel equity money through my company directly into the project so that they can get minority credits on that project. Um, so it, which is 100% legal and, and companies do it all the time. Right. And is and right. you know, it took some research and things along those lines for me to figure out, you know, exactly how to put these things together. Um, uh, I'll be doing it with, a, um, you know, a, a crowdfunding platform, 
uh, that allow that will allow me. Well, I'm gonna be doing multiple crowdfunds. It'll allow me to uh, funnel fifty million dollars per fund into into the project. And being as though such as there's so much capital and there's so much minority participation that's that's needed for this particular project, it just um you know everything aligns. I you know I'm, it's just right place, right time, right relationships. You know it's. You know, it's just working out in my favor. Well, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so much information from that. Um, and just really how far relationships will take you, how much. Well, I mean, you have you do have the skill set. So you have a lot of knowledge base, which once you get into the room, it, it gives you credibility. Um, and you have the mindset, but with those three things, the network really takes off and is allowing you to basically run around and put all these deals together. <laughs> and I don't want to say you're not doing any of the work, but it's not your products. It's not your services. You have a very small team. They're usually not your employees. It's just, you know, you kind of... <laughs> Piggy banking off all these multi-million and multi-billion dollar corporations and somehow you're in the center of all these deals. And I just really think that that's so fascinating how you're able to do that, not just even in the real estate industry, but so many different, you know, you've introduced me to a lot of really fascinating people. Um. <laughs> the thing is, is that you, you have to be diverse in your approach to business. And even though, you know, my passion lies in development and seeing, you know, things come together, you you know, you got to be a visionary. You got to be able to recognize an opportunity. But the most important thing to taking advantage of an opportunity is you got to be prepared for the opportunity when the opportunity presents itself. So, you know, it's been, it's been, years of relationships, you know, I've been building these relationships for years and, um, and just aligning the right, right relationships for me to be able to do big deals. So it's, 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 it's a strategy that has to really be thought upon, you know, for, for each individual, no matter what you're doing, big or small transaction, you know, there it has to be a strategy behind the way that you do things and how you really align people. Um, you know, and I mean, and I know that every every person is not going to be able to do the deals to the scale that I'm doing them, but um, I'm not saying that it's impossible for people to do it either. So, you know, my 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 suggestion for individuals that's just trying to build strong relationships is to, you know, tie into the people who are doing the things that you're trying to do and, and be, and be very receptive. You got to really, you got to really open your mind up to learn, you know, um, you, 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 you know, even if you know some things or, or you, or you believe that you, you know, some things, there's always more to learn. Um, so you got to be very, very uh, open to uh, putting your your student cap on and just really um, and and really just falling back and just you know and 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 take the time out to understand processes and procedures because a lot of you know, a lot of the things that I'm doing 
is new to me. So it's a, it's a, it's a learning, it's a learning curve for me because aside from me bringing these companies into the state and things along those lines, well, in order for me to present these opportunities to people, I got to know their technology. So that means I got to take time out and read up on their technology, gain an understanding around that stuff so that when I'm presenting it to you know, people and individuals, um, they really have a, a very clear uh, view as to what these guys are trying to do coming in and and how impactful things are, you know, they're going to be. So like with both companies, the, the California company as well as the Georgia company, you know, is just knowing about the right things to ask for, like, you know, uh, before they even, before I even started opening doors and started talking to people, um, you know, I asked them for an economic impact report. You know, it's very important to have a, to gain an understanding around um, how how impactful it's going to be in the direct um, environment that the that this company is planning on service and how many jobs, things along those lines. All of these questions you gotta you gotta notice stuff. You gotta know what to ask for. Because these are the things that a lot of strong, you know, uh, stakeholders are going to be asking for. And I wouldn't have even known about this stuff if I didn't hang with these people. So if I didn't have a, a heir to the street, you know, per se, and really, you know, um, you know, sitting in certain meetings and listening to what these guys are talking about, then I wouldn't even know what the, the right things to ask for in order to open those doors that I've opened today. And if you expected to get a check for every time you gave your time, you wouldn't have been in most of these rooms, right? I think a lot of people think that they should be paid for all of their efforts, and it really holds them back from a lot of opportunities. That's the truth. You know, a lot of people want instantaneous results, so they want to get paid today, you know, but, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing business for the long game. You know, I'm not I'm not worrying about getting uh paid today, you know, because um you 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 know the difference between getting paid today is I could be doing the same thing. You know, these this these companies could have hired me as a consultant and and um you know paid me whatever, a hundred thousand dollars a year as a consultant to open all of these doors for them. But that, that kind of, um, it takes, it takes away, um, the, the, the platform to negotiate, you know? Um, so, so you got to really understand your personal value and you got to understand the value of the deal and the complexity of the deal that you're working with. Um, you have to really, really, uh, look into, what what does consultants get for doing this type of work? What you're doing, you got to You got you have to really dive deep into, you know, compensations or you know, if I was an attorney or if I was, you know, this particular person and if I was if I was this company, how much would this company charge a company for 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 doing the same work that you're doing? Which is essentially you're just a middleman and you're just connecting people. That's what at the end of the day. That's really what it what it's about. You saying, oh well. I got a good relationship with you. You know me to be a good business person for the past six, seven years. 
I got this person I want to introduce to you and you introduce them and they say, oh, they're doing these great things down in Georgia, you know, and they want to see if they can do it up here. And, and you know, connecting the dot. I mean, it's not that simple in, in a lot of cases, but ultimately that's exactly what, you know, what I do. Yeah. You do everything on a very, very high level. Um, it's, and you get paid very, very handsomely for that. But even just on a six figure level, um, these are very, very important skills that people could still take advantage of um, really in any business, starting any business. It's about the relationships. It's about, you know, like you said, you turned down a, a prestigious interview with a notable magazine and here you are on my podcast because I asked you like, hey, can you be on my podcast? And you're like, sure, that's a relationship. Otherwise you'd be like, no, I don't have the time. I have big deals going on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the truth, you know. So you 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 find, and that's a perfect example of of, of relationships because you know um, at at the right now, you know where I where I am today, you know, from a business uh, standpoint, you know, I get. A lot of you know um, interesting offers, you know, that come to me. People wanting me to be on their shows and things along those lines. Actually, I, you know, another good friend. I was just on his radio station not too long ago, but um, but the only reason why I went on his radio station, the only reason why I came to your podcast, is because of the relationship. So. So had we not had these relationships, I probably would have just been like, no, I'm I'm fine. Thank you. If I really don't have, have a the time. But... I wouldn't even know who you are because, like you said, you're not really big on social media. You really don't know unless people know you, they wouldn't know what you were doing. You're not doing it for the gram at all. <laughs> you know, and I don't I don't knock anybody on on the gram, but a lot of times when you seeing people that, you know, like my, like my brother, my brother, he owns an exotic car rental business in Miami. Um, and he started out, he actually saved up his money, flew, flew out Florida and he came up with this business concept. He started knocking on people's doors and asking them, yo, are you driving that car? Let me put together an agreement, you know, I'm going to rent the car out and we'll split it 60-40. I keep 40% of the profit and you keep 60. So um, now he has a huge fleet of cars, you know. So, that, I mean, it just, you know, a person's motivation, your vision, you know, you, you have to, sometimes you have to um, make your own blueprint. You know, um, sometimes you have to break the mold. You got to do things that other people are not thinking about, you know. So anybody can become successful in what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. I just, you know, I would highly recommend that, you know, people not get caught up on the glitz and the glamour, you know. Um, those things will come down down the line, you know, when you put the work in, you, you, you'll make the money, you know, and, and always understand that. And I know this from me selling cars, you know, um, sometimes you'll, you'll get attention that's not always good attention. So, so, so you don't want to attract the, the wrong people to you. And a, a lot of times when people, 
you know, uh, bodies, extravagant vehicles and things along those lines, um, you know, or they rent them, you know, a lot of times, you know, most of these people that, you know, be on social media, they don't really own these vehicles. They rent them for a day just to, you know, shoot some shots on the gram. You know, don't, don't be so quick to believe that there's 20,000 people out here that's driving around and, you know, Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis. It's not, it's just not the case, you know? Uh, so, so, you know, um, and most people that you're impressing, um, don't have what you have. If you have it, you know, most people don't have what you have. So they, so, so, so a lot of times you're, you're, you're gaining the attention of people that may want to hurt you or hurt your family. So you gotta be, you gotta be very careful and very mindful, um, in your growth. And in your growing process, you know, you got to be strategic in that as well. You, you, it can't be a selfish act in your growth. You got to think about your loved ones. You got to think about what you, you know, the actions and the things that you do, how that's going to really impact your family as well. You know, you got you got to take all of those things into consideration before you go out and get a Rolls Royce color again. You, you got to you got to think about that stuff. You know, um, it's important. So. Okay, with that, I want to get into the Rainmaker round. I'm going to ask you a few questions that I'm really uh, excited to learn the answer. So the the first couple are going to be really good because they're about books. <laughs> so what book are you reading right now? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm reading... Um, Real Estate, Finance, and Investment by uh, Peter, Peter uh, Lindman. Uh, um, so I'm actually taking a course uh, for Real Estate, Finance, and Investment Specialist. It's actually the, 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 the gentleman who's actually, uh, that does the course, he's been a Wharton Business School um, professor for the past 30 years. Uh, Lemon, uh, his certificates in world. Everybody in the financial world recognizes the certification. So, right now, education is recognized throughout the finance. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in study mode right now. So, um, but if you wanna, if you want a good book to read, wait, that's the, the next question. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, what book would you recommend to someone wanting to follow in your six, seven, eight plus figure footsteps? And because you're such a big reader, you could give more than one book. Okay. Well, the first book I would recommend is In Search of the Miraculous. In Search of the Miraculous by Odia Spensky. Um, it is one of the best reads that I've ever read in my life. It's a philosophical book. Um but it's all about getting to know yourself because if you don't understand and you don't know yourself, then you'll find yourself in the book. They call it sleep reading this book. I had um, walkers. We are creatures by habit. So, you know, after I had questioned everything about myself, you know, I said, do I, do I like rap music because I really like it or do I like it because I, um, because I was uh, 
introduced to her or was a part of my culture, a part of my environment. Um, and what I found out is that I really don't like rap music. Um, I actually like classical and jazz because for those that's in the development space, I would highly recommend them going back to that book, uh, Powerhouse Principles, A Billionaire's Blueprint. Because now my, my thoughts become the lyrics to the music. You know, um, I, it gives me time to think and really, you know, plan my day day out and stuff like that. So, you know, that's one book. Um, and um, if you're trying to get a really good uh, heads up on the development industry and getting into real estate, you know, it's one of the best real estate books that I've ever read. Uh, it's by George Perez. Um, uh, he owns a company called the Related the Related Group. He's actually they call him the Condominium King. He was the person that bought condominiums to the Florida market. He was the very first person to bring condos to the Florida market. Um, and George Perez is worth about six billion dollars a day. So he's definitely a man you want to take after. Um, um, and um, trying to think of a, another good one. I want to leave you guys with something good. Um, well, those are the two. Those, those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head that would be uh, definitely great reads. So well, I'll leave you with those two. Sabrina, you ready for the next question? Okay. Perfect. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. Most successful yep. people yep. do what, what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. That's my favorite quote. <laughs> Most successful people do what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. Say it again. I think the audio might have glitched a little bit on my end. Most successful people do what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. So you have to be willing to do everything that other people are not willing to do. You know, success is a process of hard work, perseverance, and dedication. And the, the dedication is to no one other than yourself. You have to be dedicated to your cause, and what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to do, so that you can reach those great heights that you envision yourself to, 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 to be at. And you have to understand this, that there's going to be a lot of people that do not believe in you. They're not going to believe in what you're trying to accomplish. And, but that's their own insecurities. Um, because they, because they can't see it happening for themselves, then they, is, is they, they can't envision it happening for you. It becomes impossible. It's outside of their view. So, so, so when you, when you're dreaming and you're envisioning yourself at a certain place in life, um, 
you have to be your number one fan. You have to be your number one fan because nobody's going to believe in you more than you're going to believe in yourself. Believe me, I know. Um, I've gotten a lot of criticism <laughs> over the years. And um, it's just important to, to, to never stop uh, trying. And if you fall, you keep getting back up. You know, that's that's what a true champion does. It's not about how many times you got knocked down. It's, it's how many times you get up. You know, um, the fight ain't over until you get knocked out. So, you know, hopefully for, for those that's listening, you know, that to, to for you is that, you know, is whenever God calls you back is when it's really over. You know, don't put time frames on on your goals either you know people try to put time frames on goals but though those those when you put time frames on goals it kind of when you don't reach it you you look at it as being a disappointment but no it's not a disappointment it's an actual learning lesson there was a lesson to be learned in that process of the reason why you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish at the time frame that you set it out for so never put an actual expiration date on, on a goal. You don't say, oh, by the time I hit the age of this, I want to be, you know, I want to be this place in life. No, you say, I want to do this. And if it takes me the rest of my life doing it, I'm just going to do it, you know? Um, wow. wow. So. <laughs> Good answer. Um and this is going to be interesting. What's the hardest lesson that you're grateful that you had to learn? Um, the hardest lesson that I had to learn was I had I had to learn how 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 much my time was worth. You know, I had to I had to really um, understand that there is a price on my time. Um, uh, people will, will, will waste your time and they will, they will, they will waste your life. The one thing we all have in common, we're all running out of time to live. So money is not the, uh, is, is not the difference between you and a, and a Bill Gates or Elon Musk that money, money is, that's not the difference between us. The difference is it took, it took them time to get where they were going, and it's going to take time for me to get where I'm going. So time is the most inviolable asset that you have. You there, there you cannot put a price on it. So so for me, I had to actually learn how important that was to me. And, and I had to learn that Everybody that you bring into your life is not going to value you as much as you value yourself. And if you if you don't believe that you have a self-worth, then nine times out of ten, people are not going to value you. But when you start to put value on your life, then you will see how much more valuable you are to other people. People want to want to be a part of your world. So live every day like this is my story. This is my story and I'm the author. So I'm going to live this the way I want to live it. And 
Anybody that comes into your life is just a character in the book. That's it. Either you can, either, either they're going to make it into the next chapter with you, or you're going to write them out of the book, you know. So, so. That's deep. <laughs> That's real deep. Um, so I, there may not be an answer to this, but I always give guests the chance um, to give, you know, how can the audience get more info or get in contact with you? But I don't know if that's even a possibility. I know you don't really have like an ebook or a coaching program or a course. Um, do you have a need for interns or something? If someone wanted to work for free for you, yeah, I, I, I would. I would take. I would take on some interns. Um, I, I would definitely. Um, I actually have uh, two two young guys that I'm mentoring right now. Uh, one is uh, coming from the mortgage industry. You know, he's trying to make a transition into commercial real estate, and then the other one is actually my nephew who's trying to you know, find himself in, in the space as well. Um, so yes, I, 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 I would be very, very interested in um, taking on some, some, some interns because it's actually one of my passions. I, I one of, one of my mentors, uh, I had went to him and I had told him, I said, I said, you know, you've been, a, a very inspirational person in my life. Um, you've been very impactful. Um, how could I ever pay you back? And his response was, don't worry about paying it back. Pay it forward. What I've done for you, all I ask is that you do it for somebody else. So so um, being as though I'm a man of my word, you know, um, I think that is very important to educate and give back to the youth, particularly because we're losing a lot of our youth. So um, it's become a strong passion for me to kind of, you know, set some time aside, you know, specifically towards nurturing, you know, individuals who want to get into my space or even just get some advice on how to conduct business, period, because, you know, business is actually a... Um, you know, when you when you're a good businessman, you can align yourself with with any industry. It doesn't necessarily have to be real estate. You know, it can be you know it can be anything. You know, so just just you know learning about the concepts of how to conduct yourself as a business person is is very very important, and how to uh you know the 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 uh you know how to negotiate and you know the, the the rules of negotiation and things along those lines man you know that stuff is important and to take people far so um if anybody wants to uh get in contact with me um i don't know if you can kind of put my you know put my contact information in and in, in, yeah put, absolutely i'll put your email address um in the show notes so if you want this internship, you better come correct. <laughs> um, send your resume. Send, you know, why you want to get into this space, what you hope to gain. Don't just be a taker and say, you know, I want to learn from you. Show up and be prepared to work. 
You know, this is give and take. So when you're getting knowledge, you have to give something. So you have to give your time and be willing to learn. So if you're not going to be coachable, if you're not ready to put in the work, please don't waste his time. That's my gatekeeper message. (laughs) Um, With that, um, I hope you guys got I hope you took notes because that was like a billion dollars worth of game, not a million dollars, not six figures. Um, This is really how you can take your relationships and position yourself in a six, seven, eight plus figure position um, without having to lift a hammer. (laughs) Um, So if you're in the Rainmakers Alliance, you're going to want to hear these three questions that I ask all my guests. a little bit of high level extra sauce. If not, you need to join the Rainmakers Alliance. What are you waiting for? So thank you so much for your time. Anytime. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you loved it and would like to leave a review, I would be extremely grateful. That's the best way to help other entrepreneurs like you find the show. You can also connect with me on Instagram at business and make sure you're subscribed to the show. I had a blast recording today's show for you and I hope you got some amazing value from my guests. Talk to you next time.